church family. Whether you are connecting with us on TV, online, or in person, I am so glad that you chose to join us for worship today as we continue our Fit for Life series. A few weeks ago, I invited my life group over for some s'mores. I knew I had marshmallows at home, so I only bought graham crackers and chocolate when I went to the store. I even bought the allergen-free kind for the person in my small group who needed it. Well, when we went to roast the marshmallows, something I'd never seen before happened. The marshmallows jellified. It was one of the most disturbing things I have ever seen. They didn't brown or burn or even catch fire. They just liquefied off of the pokey things and dropped into the fire. It was disturbing to say the least. Needless to say, no one got to have s'mores that evening. It was sad and messy and a little gross, but that doesn't mean it wasn't worth trying again. So this past week, I bought new marshmallows and we tried it all over again. To our mutual delight, they roasted normally and we all got to enjoy some s'mores. This week, Pastor Chris Conrad will be continuing our Fit for Life journey by taking a look at some of the challenges to community. Now, just like my life group's first attempt at making s'mores, and really even when you make s'mores successfully, things can get messy at times, just like when we live in community. But that doesn't mean it's not worth it. Just as Pastor Jeremiah pointed out last week, we are made to live in community. Would you join me as we, a community, join together to worship God? Oh 
redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Come on, sing out again. We were the beggars, now we're royalty.
kindness you have poured out grace you brought me out of darkness you have filled me with peace give her mercy
Hey, hey friends, it's been such a joy to lean into this time of worship with you so far today. And I wanna now invite you into a time of prayer. And I wanna borrow words from a prayer written by St. Benedict, who was a European church leader who lived sometime in the sixth century. He wrote this beautiful prayer that talks about our need to connect deeply with the heart of God, but, but also some of the language that he uses at the very end of the prayer it really presumes that our pursuit of God's heart happens most naturally in community with each other. And so listen for these words. St. Benedict prays, God, give me a tongue to speak of you. Help me to have conversations that are pleasing to you. And the assumption is there that we are talking about God with brothers and sisters who have shared belief. It's a great reminder for us as we continue to engage in our Fit for Life series, that every single component of who we are is interconnected. Body, mind, spirit, relationships, all are important and all have ripple and overlap each to the other. And so today, I wanna to invite you to allow this prayer to wash over you as we seek to pursue the heart of Jesus together. Let's pray. Father, in your goodness, grant me the intellect to comprehend you, the perception to discern you, and the reason to appreciate you. In your kindness, endow me with the diligence to look for you, the wisdom to discover you, and the spirit to apprehend you. In your graciousness, bestow on me a heart to contemplate you, ears to hear you, eyes to see you, and a tongue to speak of you. In your mercy, confer on me a conversation pleasing to you, the patience to wait for you, and the perseverance to long for you. I ask this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, Heritage, it's so wonderful to be with you again. You're such an awesome congregation, so incredibly proud of you and the ways that you make an incredible difference in the Quad Cities and throughout this region. It really is a delight to be with you on this day. Now, I have to tell you right at the front end that I'm, I'm doing something that's a little uncomfortable for me, and that is I'm kind of giving up my man card right at the very beginning because I have a confession to make, and that is I don't like gross movies. Maybe you do, right? To watch someone get their head chopped off or, you know, get, you know, just all kinds of bullets going through them at once, you know, if it looks really real. I just, that's not my favorite thing to watch on television or in a movie. But 
I have forced myself to watch the movies because I felt like I owed it, if you will, to the men and women who have, who have sacrificed on my behalf. So I've watched, for instance, Saving Private Ryan. I've watched Hacksaw Ridge. And one of the things that I've noticed in those types of movies is, is that there's always this foxhole camaraderie, if you will. There are these men and sometimes now women who are in foxholes together experiencing things. And you know, here's what's interesting. When you end up in a, in a foxhole with someone, I'm not gonna wear this very long, but when you end up in a foxhole with someone, you don't choose who's gonna be in that foxhole with you. No, no, no. See, there are people in that foxhole who have very different political opinions from each other. There are people in that foxhole who have very different social economic backgrounds. There are people who grew up very privileged and people who grew up very poor and in poverty. There are people who are very well educated and people who are not educated much at all. There are people who love cats and then people who loathe cats. There are people in foxholes that really enjoy opera and people in foxholes that enjoy hard rock. See, we don't choose the people that we're in a foxhole with. The truth of the matter is, is that when we're in a foxhole, we don't focus on the differences of the people in that foxhole with us. No, no, no. We focus on the mission that we have together. In Saving Private Ryan, we all know it was exactly that, to save this young man whose brothers had already been killed in the war. And so these men came together, very different from each other, but they had a clear mission in mind. In those two movies and in Band of Brothers, it's always seen that we have this concept that there's a mission to fulfill, and that mission is more important than anything else that might divide us, anything that might separate us. Now, you might be asking, well, Chris, that's all fine and well, but what does that have to do with me? Well, today I want to talk to us about three very simple ideas. Three very simple things that even a six-year-old could understand, but I'll just present to you that I think that all of us are going to be challenged today. Now, I need you to know that these three ideas that I'm going to share with us are kind of 101, 201, and 301. We're going to start very basic, and then we're going to go from there. And again, what I hope is that, that all of us will allow the Holy Spirit to transform us from the inside out. So if you don't mind, let me pray, and then we'll get into the things I think Holy Spirit wants to say to us. So Holy Spirit of God, would you now help us to be open to all that you want to speak into our spirits, all that you want to say to us about the ways that you want to work in our life so that we can be the people that you created us from the foundation of the world to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we go. 101, if you will. The, the first idea I want to share with us, and again, it's very basic, and it's simply this. Jesus came into the world to teach, yes, to heal, yes, to make people whole, yes. But ultimately, Jesus came into the world to go to a cross, to die for our sins in our place. And he is inviting us as a result of the sacrifice that he made to be in a relationship with him. Now, I know some of you 
have heard that idea many, many times. And perhaps because of that concept, you open up your heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ years ago. But others of you have yet to do that. And what, what I want us to understand is that God demonstrated his massive amount of love to us by sending Jesus to die for us. As a matter of fact, this is exactly what the Bible says. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation, a passage of scripture that you might have heard before, John 3, 16, out of the Passion Translation. Here's what it says. Here's the way God loved the world. He gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. See, I don't care what anybody else has ever said about you or what they've done to you, the pain that they've caused in your life. God says that you are cherished and that you are celebrated. God uniquely loves you. And here's the thing. You don't have to be perfect to be a recipient of his love. You don't have to try and, and measure up to something. So many of the people I know, I was just with a dear friend the other day who talked to me about the fact that so much of their life has been based on trying to please a father who, quite frankly, isn't even alive anymore. So many of us try and earn other people's love. But here's the thing. We don't have to try and earn God's love. He just loves us, warts and all, mistakes and all. Things that we've done in the past and all. He just is crazy in love with us. And here's what the Bible says about that. The Bible says that Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. See, God just loves us, even when we're messing up. And here's the thing. God invites us into this relationship with him, but he doesn't force it upon us. It's our choice to be in a relationship with him. He comes and he invites us. And coming into a relationship with God, it's not complicated because Jesus already did all the work for us on the cross. All we have to do is what the Bible says in Romans, this wonderful book in the New Testament of the Bible, a guy by the name of Paul wrote it. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, again in the Passion Translation, it says this, if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. Here's the thing. If you've never done that, if you've never felt the weight of everything you've ever done wrong, and trust me, I've done plenty of things wrong. If you've never felt the weight of all of your sin, and everything you've ever done wrong, leave you because of the grace that is shown to us through the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed for us on the cross, Today could be your day. Today should be your day. I want to invite you, even in this moment, to consider opening up your heart to relationship with Jesus Christ. And at the end of the message, in just a few minutes, I'm going to give you that opportunity to do that. And I pray that you would. It would literally transform your life. God's power can break addictions. God's power can break us from things that have bound us in our minds, in our spirits, things that people have said over us, ways that people have treated us, abuse that we have suffered, 
can be absolutely broken off of our lives and we can walk in fully transformed to a whole new life because of what Jesus has done for us. So, point number one, 101. God is crazy in love with us and he's invited us into a relationship with him. Point number two, 201. Once we make that decision, once we've asked Jesus to come into our life and we've begun a relationship with him, then here's the thing. You and I at that point are invited into the mission that Jesus has for us. See, we were created by God to be part of the mission that he wants to accomplish here on earth. Here's what we need to understand. Some of you, some of you experienced a really difficult upbringing. Your childhood was awful. You were beaten by your dad or your mom or you were abused by someone in your life. And yet here's the amazing thing. God can take even the abuse that we suffered and he can redeem it so that, so that we can help other people who have been through that themselves. A pastor by the name of Rick Warren says, God never wastes a hurt or an experience. And God can redeem anything and everything in our life. Here's another thing to ponder. You have unique gifts and abilities that are wonderful just for you. Things that you can do that 10,000 other people can't do. And I believe that with all my heart. Some of you are artists. Some of you are musicians. Some of you have incredible accounting abilities. Some of you are phenomenal engineers. Some of you are great mechanics. Some of you have great medical gifts. That's just who you are. You came out of your mother's womb with just this certain proclivity towards you. That is awesome. And God wants to use those in such a way to fulfill his mission here on earth. Not in some obnoxious way, but in a way that actually will fill you up and actually just give you so much joy. Let me talk about combining those two things that I've talked about for the last few moments. There's a, an author by the name of Kim Meter. Kim Meter wrote a book called Hope Rising. Kim Meter, when she was nine years old, her father, who otherwise up to this point had been a great guy, murdered her mom and then committed suicide himself. So as a as a nine-year-old, she was orphaned. And if you read this wonderful book that Kim has, has written called Hope Rising, you read how God has used this terrible thing that happened in her past and has redeemed it and has given Kim gifts and abilities. And she has started this wonderful equine therapeutic program called Crystal Peaks. And it's in Utah. And interestingly enough, just yesterday, I got home from a, a vacation where my family visited Crystal Peaks. And I have a daughter who uh, is beautifully and wonderfully adopted. And she's adopted actually from another country, from Ukraine. And, and Julia had had some really difficult times in the early years of her life as well. And my own precious daughter is a recipient of something that Kim Meter went through and the way that she that she has allowed God to redeem her own past. And now my daughter is blessed by it. And my daughter sees a new hope for her own life, partially because of what Kim has done in using, allowing the Holy Spirit to use her background and to use her gifts for the mission that Jesus has given us. 
See, Jesus, Jesus said his mission, he proclaimed his mission in the New Testament book of Luke 19, verse 10, when he said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. He made it very clear what his mission was. And he assumed that when we came into a relationship with him, that his mission would become our mission. How do I know that? Well, let me again read from the Passion Translation for us, Matthew 28, verse 18, when Jesus said, and he came close to them and said, all authority of the universe has been given to me. Now, wherever you go, and he's talking to his followers, and that includes people who are now in a relationship with him, and if you've begun that relationship, then that's you, and that's me. Wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you, and never forget that I'm with you every day, even to the completion of this age. And then a guy by the name of Paul, who I mentioned earlier, also wrote a letter to some people in a city called Corinth. And he talked again about this mission that Jesus has given us. Let me read it for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 17, when Paul, when Paul wrote, Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, in other words, if they've come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, he's become an entirely new person. All that's related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. That's the promise that God has for us. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. So first God reconciles us to himself and then he invites us to join him in reconciling other people to him. In other words, Paul goes on, it was through the anointing, the anointed one, that is Jesus, that God was shepherding the world not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he's entrusted us to the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. So we can open the door for other people to, to experience this same life-giving, joy-giving, wonderful transforming work that Jesus Christ does and has done already in our life. We can then invite others to experience that. As a matter of fact, Paul goes on in verse 20 and says, we are ambassadors of the anointed one. Who we carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So, I want you to consider this. If we're a Christ follower, then we're on a mission. And this mission is incredibly important. It has e eternal ramifications. And this mission should define my life. Now, I know that's radical, but Christ's mission should define our life. Let me help you, maybe with a picture that, that gives you a sense of how radical that is. Years ago, I was, I was sitting in a room and a, a pastor by the name of Wayne Cordero gave an illustration that I've never forgotten. He said, Chris, I want you to imagine that a steel cable is, is going as far through the horizon this way as you can see. And that same steel cable, maybe an inch thick or so, is going as far along the horizon as that far as you can see. And it's stretched tight right here in this room. And they said, now, Chris, I want you to imagine that I'm walking up to that steel cable and I'm making a scratch on that steel cable with my pen. And then he said, Chris, do you know what this life represents? This life represents that scratch and that cable represents all of eternity. See, you and I are gonna be alive for all of eternity. And yet, you know what we do? Oh, 
we're all about this scratch. We're all about TikToking about this scratch. We're all about Marco Poloing about this scratch. We're all about Instagramming about this scratch. We're all about how much money we make on this scratch. We're all about are we invited to something, you know, fear of missing out. Are we missing out on something? It's all about this scratch. And we get so wrapped up in this scratch. And what ends up happening is that we forget the mission that we're called to. See, we've got all of eternity to, to enjoy experiences that are so awesome. We can't even imagine them at this point. I just want to compel you with this. The most important thing going on in the universe right now is the mission of Jesus Christ that he's invited us to join him in so that other people can come into a relationship with him. And if we'll join him in that mission, we will experience so much contentment and so much more joy than any finances, any great vacation, any great experience, any great dating relationship, any great, you name it. Fulfilling the mission of Jesus brings us so much more fulfillment than anything else in the universe can. Jesus made that so clear. So, point number one, we're invited into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Point number one, or 201, we're, in, we're compelled by Jesus to join him in that mission. And finally, point number three, or 301. I want you to think for a moment about the other people that are around you in this mission. See, as people who are in mission together, we're all in a foxhole together, if you will. We're all in this mission together. Now, in the military, one of the greatest dangers would be deciding that we all had to agree with one another in order to be on the same mission together. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if you were only willing to fight with people on that mission? If you agreed 100% lock, stock, and barrel with everything they'd agreed upon? Why am I so passionate about this? Well, I want you to imagine a scenario with me. I want you to imagine that you are a general in, you know, here in the United States, if you will. And I want you to imagine that we are at war and you have literally tens of thousands of people that are under your command. And you recognize that, that, man, the stakes are sky high, that people's lives and their livelihoods are at stake. You recognize that if we lose this war, there's all kinds of ramifications that you don't even want to think about. And so you're commanding an army, but I, I want you to imagine something with me. I want you to imagine that you're hearing some very, very disturbing reports. Now, the reason I brought this sword is because I thought it would be a little less disarming, if you will, a little more disarming, perhaps is a better way to say, it, than a gun. But I want you to imagine that you're hearing the your reports that actually what's happening is, is that men and women are in the foxhole, and, and instead, of, instead of pointing their weapons at other people, they're pointing their weapons at each other. They're actually, they're actually killing each other. And what you're finding out, what you're learning is that more people are dying of friendly fire than are dying from the enemy. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, oh, Chris, that, can't, that wouldn't really happen in real life. Really? Can I share with you that that's exactly what happened 
in several places in several places in the Bible. The Bible records that. One place is in in 1 Samuel chapter 14 verse 20. Where, where this is what it says, Saul and all his men rushed out to the battle and found their enemy, the Philistines, killing each other. There is terrible confusion everywhere. So you're probably asking, well, Chris, what does that have to do with me in 2021? Well, let me just give you a little bit of a precursor here. You might want to say, ouch, now. Because, you know, we just went through a season where there was way too much friendly fire going on. We were shooting at each other about our differences in political opinions, our differences about these little things called masks, our differences about vaccines. Now, here's the thing. Jesus made it so clear that his power was enough to overcome the enemy. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So according to Jesus, the enemy cannot defeat the church, but he can muffle the church's mission. And how does he do that? By getting our eyes off the mission and getting our eyes on other people that are supposed to be on this mission with us. He can keep us ineffective by shooting at each other. And this is nothing new. In the first century, when the Bible was written, they weren't fighting about masks and vaccines and those kinds of things. You know what they were fighting about? They were fighting about things that they ate and, and whether they took a certain day off or not to honor the person of Jesus. See, in the New Testament, meat was often sacrificed to idols before it was brought to the, what we would call a supermarket to sell. And there were very strong opinions that people had about meat and whether or not they should eat it if it had been sacrificed to an idol or not. So I'm going to read for you out of the New Testament book, again, written by Paul to the people of Rome. And this is what he says in Romans 14. He says, offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature, and refuse to engage in debates. Did you hear that? Refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. For example, one believer has no problem with eating all kinds of food, but another with weaker faith will eat only vegetables. The one who eats freely shouldn't judge and look down on the one who eats only vegetables, and the vegetarian must not judge and look down on the one who eats everything. Remember, God has welcomed him and taken him as a partner. And in the same way, one person regards a certain day as more sacred than another, and another person regards them all alike. There's nothing wrong with having different personal convictions about such matters. For the person who observes one day as especially sacred does it to honor the Lord. And the same is true regarding what a person eats. The one who eats everything eats to honor the Lord because he gives thanks to God. And the one who has a special diet does it to, does it to honor the Lord and he gives thanks to God. Why would you judge your brothers or sisters because of their diet, despising them for what they eat or don't eat? Can I just put a little paraphrase there? Why would we judge someone so heartedly about masks and vaccines? Shouldn't our love overcome that? I think Paul would be writing that to us today. Back to the scripture. So stop being critical and condemning of other believers, but instead determine to never deliberately cause a brother or sister to stumble and fall because of your actions. And it's all come down to verse 19. Make it your top priority 
to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. Stop ruining the work of God by insisting on your own opinions. Back, back then it was about food. Today about be about other things. Stop ruining the work of God by insisting on your own opinions. See, can I say it's supposed to be our love for each other that demonstrates to the world that God has changed our heart from the inside out. Jesus said that to us the night just before he went to the cross. He said, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And it's your love for one another that will prove to the world that you're my disciples. And then the same guy Paul writes in Colossians 3, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, Paul writes, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your life. So can I suggest that the time for, div for division has got to be over. We have a mission to fulfill. It's incredibly important. People's eternities are in, are in balance. They're at stake. And instead of, it's okay for us to have opinions about things, absolutely. But instead of, instead of getting mad at other people, instead of spending all this energy focused on other people's opinions and how it varies from our own, shouldn't we do exactly what Jesus invited us to do? Focus on love. Focus on giving other people the benefit of the doubt. Focus on giving others the same love and grace that we want to receive. So, in closing, three very simple questions. Have you begun a relationship with Jesus Christ yet? I'm going to pray about that in just a second. Number two, are you fully on mission? Have you allowed some other priority in your life to get in the way of the ultimate mission that Jesus has invited us all into? Are you distracted right now? Do you need to come back to the mission that Jesus has given us? Number three, how is the level of your love for others who are on this mission with you, who are in the foxhole with you, if you will? Do you need to go back and ask forgiveness from someone who maybe you kind of got crossways with because you got frustrated with them because they differed than you on some political or social or COVID-19 related subject. And say, you know what? What unifies us is so much more important than any opinion on a certain thing. Now, I understand your opinions might go deep. Convictions in the New Testament went deep about these things. They went deep, but Paul calls us and Jesus calls us to love beyond that. Would you pray with me? So Holy Spirit of God, I pray first of all for men and women who are listening to this, watching this, and perhaps Jesus, they've been through a really difficult past. Perhaps they've never opened up their heart to a relationship with you 
through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And I pray that right now, in this moment, they will open up their hearts to a relationship with you. They will say, Jesus, will you come into my life? Forgive me of everything I've ever done wrong. Transform me into the person that you created me to be because of the, the blood that you shed on the cross for my sin in my place. And Jesus, I pray right now for men and women who made that decision perhaps a long time ago in their life, but now they've allowed other things to distract them from the mission that you've given us. Bring us back to the center again, Jesus, of the mission that you've given us. And finally, Jesus, help us to be people who are known by our love. Help us to show grace and love towards other people that may differ from us on things that we're even passionate about. That's okay. Help us to love them and to remember the ultimate mission that you've given us and that we're on together. We love you, Jesus, so much. In your name, amen. Now, at the bottom of your screen, you'll see some information of how you can connect with the people who really want to respond well to you if you open up your heart for the first time to a relationship with Jesus Christ. I just really want to encourage you to follow up so that we can do everything we can to encourage you in your brand new relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Espíritu Santo de Dios, Espíritu Santo de Dios, queremos escuchar tu voz. Háblanos hoy, Señor, Espíritu Santo de Dios, Espíritu Santo de Dios, queremos conocerte más. Háblanos hoy, Señor.
Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every
The invitation to be people of love who are known by our love, it is key. It's essential to thriving in community, even as we press into being fit for life in body, mind, spirit, and community together. I'm grateful for Pastor Chris and this invitation that we've heard. And I don't want us to move too quickly beyond his invitation for each of us to take our next step in relationship with Jesus. If you sense that your next step is to receive Jesus as the one who forgives and leads you, then I invite you to even now text the number on your screen with the word faith. Again, that's texting faith to the number on your screen to let us know that you'd like to step into relationship with Jesus. And I've got to tell you that when you do that, the scriptures say all of heaven rejoices that you have stepped into new life with him. You can also send us a connect card using the Church Center app or heritageqc.com and let us know that today you're choosing Jesus in relationship with him. No matter what option you choose, texting, online, or using the Church Center app, a member of our team will be in touch with you in the days ahead to help you take your next steps and to celebrate with you. Now, part of all of our next step together when we've stepped into relationship with Jesus is to enter into the waters of baptism, to publicly declare that we have been made new and we are free to live in Jesus. Our next baptism opportunity is coming up in August. And this one is a special opportunity because it's outside at the Rock River. You are not gonna wanna miss the opportunity to celebrate with those who have experienced new life in Jesus or even to take your next step of baptism. You can register for that opportunity as somebody to be baptized using the Church Center app and heritageqc.com, or you can just show up day of to celebrate with us. See all of that information at heritageqc.com and the Church Center app. One of the invitations for us as we press into community together is to take a next step of joyful connection in community. So in those same resources that we've just talked about, online and the Church Center app, you'll find some great opportunities to connect in small group environments. Life groups that do life together, learning groups that we'll be launching later this summer and fall where we focus in on a, on a subject of study together, and even serving groups where we connect in serving together. Some great serving opportunities coming up are things like mobile food pantry, serving in schools, connecting around hosting and interacting with others, really good ways to connect meaningfully with others even as you serve those in love around you. So again, we encourage you, check out heritageqc.com or the Church Center app. You can even call our office and we'll have a, a member of our team connect with you to help you find some great next steps of community. While you're on the website, you'll see that Heritage is a people of radical generosity. We believe that God loves us so much that he gave and he invites us to love others so that we give of our time, talent, treasure, and energy. You'll see when it comes to radical generosity, it's the giving of God's people that allows us to meet real-time needs 
We've been able to connect with those in need right here in these cities and beyond. And we are so grateful for every one of you who chooses to live with us in radical generosity. If you'd like more information about that, go ahead to heritageqc.com give. You can give there or read more about how we're connecting with real-time needs in our area and beyond. Finally, we invite you to connect more deeply with God than ever before this summer through reading in scripture, engaging with others, and even finding space for prayer. Our Bridgepoint Prayer Levy is open all the time for you to come and connect with God. You'll find little tags to write down prayers for yourself or over our cities, and a sacred space where you can walk and commune with God in nature right along the banks of the Mississippi River. So we encourage you to take advantage of that. Know that we are praying for you. We expect God to do exceedingly abundantly all we could ask or imagine for you, in you, through you, and in all of us together as we thrive in community. We can't wait to see you soon.